Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Salute. Slancha. Cheers. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country, here on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and events with your guide, master of mixology, and Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. So sit back and stir it up. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on 570 KVI. That's right, it's Happy Hour here in the Pacific Northwest, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, your cocktail commodore, or is it commodore of cocktails? I'm going to switch it up today. <laughs> and Master Mixologist here on 570 KBI. Thanks for tuning in today and every Saturday here at 11 o'clock. Um, we've got a great lineup of guests, as always, here on Happy Hour Radio. And if for some reason, if you missed one of our shows, feel free to go visit our website at happyhourradio.net. We've got all, uh, all our upcoming guests, as well as an archive of the fabulous shows we've produced in the past. And uh, today is no different. Um, I've got Cynthia Nims in the studio today. Uh, she's got a fantastic website, blog site called Mon Appetit. My Appetite, which uh, com, which is so fun. Uh, I've got Tim and Kelly Hightower of Hightower Cellars, and Doug Long of Opalisco Estate Wines. Uh, they're we're going to chat up about Red Mountain today, and a little later on in the show, I'm going to have uh, a sommelier from New York City who will be joining me to chat up about the wines of South Africa. Wosa. There's more than just Pinotage down there. There's a lot going on. I was just up at Wine World today and trying some of their wines, and I had to dash off and join you for Happy Hour. It's Happy Hour Radio. So, Cynthia Nims, welcome to Happy Hour. Hey, Chris. It's great to be here. Um, I remember your name in the Seattle Weekly, and I was thinking, gosh, I've seen it in newsprint, so it makes you famous. So tell me about some <laughs> of your past um, in Seattle. Well, yeah, it was actually Seattle Magazine. Um, I was the food editor at Seattle Magazine for about six or seven years, which was super fun. Um, I had previously worked at a magazine called Simply Seafood. It was sort of a national magazine in the niche of seafood. But with Seattle Magazine, it was super great to be able to be sort of the culinary correspondent for my hometown. <laughs> Um, I've lived here pretty much all my life, grew up in Edmonds, and this food that we're surrounded with, all the great local products, the seasonal foods, the seafood, you know, the mushrooms in the fall and all of that is just sort of part of, you know, my life. And, and it was really great to be in that position of helping share the food stories of Seattle with readers, whether it was by way of restaurants or farmer's markets or whatever venue. We are so blessed with great food in this town. I can't even get over it. I can't either, and it's so fun to have you in studio. And uh, you're right, Seattle Magazine and Seattle Met Magazine, I think um, some of our, our local media have such great uh, representation of who we are, and we're such a uh, an affable, uh, amiable, uh, friendly, where is it? Too, not too friendly, of no, course. No, no. <laughs> I'd say we have a lot of personality here, too. I think that's what's really fun. What I love seeing is a, a chef um, who maybe has worked in the context of another restaurant, been sort of a staff chef, you know, for a while. But then when they branch out and they get that chance to to run their own show and open their own place, really just crafted around what they love and what their skills are and what their personality, you know, dictates in the kitchen. And that's where I love that's where I think food is really exciting when you really get a sense of 
an individual's personality, you know, on the plate. And we've get a lot of that in Seattle. I think we're really blessed with a lot of great chef owners. It is true. Uh, you, we can look back and say, did it all start with Victor Rosalini? And then mm. it all broke down from there. Mm. Uh, I'm not I, sure from, from yeah. even Tom Douglas. is. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of mentorship. Here. Yeah, absolutely. I think Tom Douglas is a prime example of sort of a uh, graduate school of, you know, sort of the culinary arts. A lot of folks in town have, in some context, worked, worked in that environment. Um, and I would like to give a nod, too, to Bruce Naftali, who didn't have quite the same platform as Tom Douglas does today, but he really helped bridge sort of our, 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 we had a, you know, Rosalini was a great example of, um, high style hospitality, but in a, still that sort of continental context. And Bruce Naftali helped sort of bridge that, um, you know, really serious approach to food, but look at our local, you know, meat producers and our local seafood, you know, fishermen and, um, and local crops and actually sort of bridge continental approach with local foods and helped create sort of a sensibility about Northwest cuisine. Well, Bruce Nafflety, um he's in my past. I worked at the Alexis Hotel, uh, one of my first perfect. jobs as a busboy, yeah. and he was the executive chef. Yeah, I think that's a really great sign when there's so many um, stories that intertwine like that. And, you know, we've been feeding off each other inspiration and um, new ideas and experience. I think that's a phenomenal part of the city, too. I'm chatting with Cynthia Nims, who has a blog. Is it a blog or a website or both? Uh, it's kind of both, pretty much. Part okay. of it's blog, and then part of it's sort of static website stuff, too. <laughs> I couldn't decide. It's called Mon Appetit, <laughs> myappetite.com. Mon Appetit. And that sounds so fun. You've uh, had a great history in Europe. You're an author, you are a cook, a culinarian, and uh, you also have been in the media, obviously. So uh -huh. I'm excited about that. I always love those photo, photo photographs. I mean, how much food styling goes on in, in the Seattle Magazine pictures? A lot? Well, um, I think the interesting thing is lately folks realize that um, both folks, I should say, the photograph photographer side and the user, the reader side, I think they want food to look real, you know, not super high stylized studio stuff. So I think more and more um, food photography is being done, you know, in place, you know, at the restaurant. Uh, maybe there's a right. little bit of tweaking and maybe they add a little extra nap of the sauce so it looks extra glossy or whatever it is. But I think I think these days there's definitely a desire to have have food look, you know, less manipulated and more just authentic. And those pictures are great. My mouth is watering. And I know you've got a book here called Salty Snacks, which uh, just kind of makes your mouth water, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Just the, <laughs> just the idea of it, yeah. And uh, I'm excited, too, because we have glasses of wine here. I've got bottles from Hightower Cellars and Obelisco Estate, uh, both from Red Mountain. So Salty Snacks, um, tell me... Why a book? Why salty snacks? Yeah, I um, I had uh, for a while as a kid and sort of growing up, I thought I was a little bit of an oddball because I preferred, say, you know, like a bag of potato chips to a plate of cookies. Uh, and I always thought I had sort of a salty tooth where other people have a sweet tooth. So I had just sort of you know, that's just sort of the way my palate was designed, I guess. And I mm. um, got used to, you know, having cheese after dinner instead of oh. dessert. And then one day, literally, it was sort of like a light bulb moment. Every year, there's a bunch of cookie books that come out. There's a ton of dessert books that come out, but there aren't really cracker-making books or snack-making books You're absolutely so right. much. So I wanted to sort of explore that whole category of food that um, 
we tend to buy from the snack aisle instead of make it home, but really it's not hard to make a cracker. It's not hard to make a breadstick. And, and there's so many things. I've got, you know, nuts in there and popcorn things. I've got some chickpeas that are crunchy. And, you know, there's a whole, it's just tons of fun. There's a lot of DIY. Once you learn a basic, there's a lot of things you can do at home to use flavors that you love, seasonings that you really prefer. And I think it's just a really fun category that, you know, I'm hoping folks will be more comfortable with it in their own kitchen. Well, salty snacks always need that perfect accompaniment where it's a frosty ice cold beer or perhaps even some iced tea or uh, that perfect glass of wine. And uh, I see that you have some cooking chops. You you studied in France. And is Nîmes a French name? Oh, Nas? I like to think it is, yes. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, Nîmes. I like to think they just dropped the E, and that's where it all came from. And I actually, I, this is so goofy, but when I was in Nîmes, I called myself Cynthia de Nîmes, and nobody there thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious. but um, So I don't know if it's actually a French name or not, but um, I going to go with that story. Well, so you cooked in France, and uh, you've actually authored 13 cookbooks, it says here, mm-hmm. including the Gourmet Game Night. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about that quickly. Sure. Um, so Game Night is really big in our house. We love board games. No Xbox at our house. No we, No none of that. So um, we pull out Scrabble and Boggle and Dominoes and play board games around the table. I find it much more engaging, and it's nice to unplug. So Game Night, Gourmet Game Night is about um, dinner parties... Uh, that integrate game playing instead of having dinner and then you clear the table and then you ha- play games afterwards. So everything is sort of scaled down. Soup is in an espresso cup instead of a big bowl. Mm-hmm. Your steak is sort of skewered and so you can pick it up with your fingers and eat it. Not in a tube? Not in a tube. <laughs> no, no, no. Not in a tube but um, but not also on a big plate where you need a knife and fork. You, don't, you never use a knife and fork. Your salad is on a little dish. So you're able to eat while you're playing games ah. instead of eating, instead of you know doing one or the other. I like that. So we play games for a few hours, and we're eating really well the whole time, sort of grazing. And it's a lot of fun. And so who I, wins these games? Are you a good speller? You must. You've been pulling out some culinary I'm a, yeah, words, I'm, right? a, yeah. I'm a pretty good speller, but um, I'm lousy at trivia. And, you know, everybody's got their thing. You know, it's kind of fun. But then you play something goofy like apples to apples, and nobody's got a benefit there. You know, so everybody's on equal sort of playing ground. So um, we, we have a lot of fun with games. Well, you know, I uh, one of my favorite snacks is is popcorn with truffle oil, and I'm a simple guy, and you know, these days uh, I just want it now. Who doesn't mm-hmm. want it now? But I'm looking at are these recipes very simple and kind of now recipes? I'm looking at a spicy tortilla crisp with soup, uh, puff sticks, cheddar ale bread, soft pretzels. Mm, I'm going. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to carbo load here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of these can be super quick to make. Um, certainly, um, spiced nuts don't take more than a few minutes to put together. Um, popcorn. You make a batch of popcorn and there's a jillion ways that you can season it which is fun uh-huh. from fresh herbs to truffle oil to you know that you you know pretzels do take a little more time but there's nothing more satisfying than a fresh True. pretzel that you've just made yourself and it comes fresh out of the oven they never get any better but for the most part i'd like to think that there's definitely stuff in here that isn't going to take a ton of initiation and ton of expertise in the kitchen you can really have some great diy snacks well i'll tell you i like the size of the book and this book is available where it should be available in most bookstores around town. Um, you can always, you know, contact me at Mon Appetit if you don't, bon if you can't find com, yeah. it, or you know, the, salty snacks. The usual it's, outlets, it's like I would a little hope. handbook, really. Yeah, it's a great little gifty thing. You buy if you've got a housewarming gift you need to give someone. You know, get a really fancy salt, one of those beautiful pink salts from Australia oh, yes. or something, and uh-huh. maybe this book. Himalayas. And, yeah, I mean, pick your region. <laughs> There's so many fun salts in the. Um, Stores now to play around with too, which I yes. think is a big part of why this is fun. Is you can you know really 
sort of use those fancy salts in some fun ways. That's huge because we forget. I mean, it's salt has so much character if it's truly a a salt with character. I mean, you know, no offense to Morton's, but um, that's pretty boring. And I can't believe we even go back there. Who's got Morton's in their house anymore? I I do. It's still up, you know, because salt never goes bad. So right. I know. There. So that one from 1984 is still there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me. I see a couple um, delicious, crunchy things you have brought for us yeah. bearing gifts. So tell me what you have. Sure. Well, I brought two um, two of the uh, items from the cookbook. One is a grissini, which is basically that thin Italian-style breadstick that's a little crispier grissini. than some... Grissini. yeah. Um, in the book, I did it with fresh basil, and just because I play around with all my own recipes, even this one has black pepper and fresh thyme as an example of how you can play around. Um, and Oh my goodness, that smells... Amazing. Does it smell good? Yes. And it's super simple. It takes like five minutes to make the dough, and you let it rise, and then you roll it out a little bit and just cut these little thin strips, and it's really easy to make. Um, and again, customizing, I think that's half the fun, is you can you know, go fresh basil, go not the put same poppy recipe. seeds on top or whatever. I mean, and it's can, about the garnish, isn't yeah. it? About that about last that little bit of... Uh, we'll call it the seasoning. Yeah, and yeah, seasoning yeah. is in season now. It is spring. I've noticed yeah. my herb garden is... I know. Isn't that fun? Oh, that sun the other day. I absolutely love it. It's coming back, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other snack is one of my favorites. I'm a huge fan of chickpeas in kind of all forms. Mm. So this is chickpeas that have been oven roasted with a little bit of smoked paprika um, and salt and all right. olive oil. Oh, this is so fun. I'm here with Cynthia Nims on Happy Hour Radio, chatting about her new book called Salty Snacks. And I also have uh, Tim and Kelly Hightower from Hightower Cellars and uh, a good friend Doug Long from Obelisco Estate. Um, we're going to dive into some of those wines. And um, I want to uh, chime in, have uh, uh, Tim and Doug chime in. So, you guys like salty snacks, Tim, Doug? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I don't think The Bachelor, well, it's great to be married, and I think to have a family is fantastic, but I don't think, I mean, we're still men, right? We still got that, <laughs> I need I need salts, I need now. <laughs> oh, you're chomping down. Well, I've got to try it. Yeah, very good. Okay. This is the one time where you can talk with your mouthful on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs> yeah. This is happy. This is great. We've got Cynthia Nims with Salty Snacks. We've got red wine from Red Mountain, and uh, we've got a lot of fun. Um, and we come back. I'm going to be popping some of these chickpeas into my mouth and give you my impression of, uh, <laughs> of a pepper grinder or something here on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs> hey, if you have some questions for me, for Tim, for Kelly, for Doug, or Cynthia, don't be shy. Send us a question to ask at happyhourradio.net. We'll be right back. June 19th through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Woodenville Wine Country is Seattle's big backyard, and spring is the time to enjoy it. With over 100 wineries and tasting rooms, plus microbreweries, distilleries, and dining, Woodenville has a taste for everyone. Go to WoodenvilleWineCountry.com for details on events, tastings, releases, and more. Hi, I'm Jeff Cox with PCC Natural Markets, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Lars Larson has the real story. Weekdays, 6 to 9 p.m., only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. 
Time for another round. You're listening to Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country, part of the KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here is Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. Hey, that's me, your Seattle sommelier, your weekend wine guy here on Happy Hour Radio. Um, I got a great lineup today in studio. Doug Long from Obelisco Estate, Tim and Kelly Hightower from Hightower Cellars, and my new favorite friend, Cynthia Nims, uh, from monappetit.com. Uh, I've got her beautiful book called Salty Snacks in my hand when I should have one of these grissinis in my hand because they smell fantastic. They are beautifully crunchy. Um, tell me how easy it is to make grissini. It is so easy to make grissini. Um, first, you just make a really simple yeast dough. So two cups of flour in a bowl. I don't even use like my fancy mixer or anything. I just do it with a wooden spoon in a bowl. Flour, you know, the salt, the seasonings. In this case, like I said, I use black pepper and thyme. You could use um, basil as the recipe that's actually in the cookbook. You could use other herbs. You could use lemon. You could use sesame seeds, whatever you want to do. Mix that all up. Do the little, you know, let the yeast rise. Let the dough... <laughs> let that thing happen. Yeah, let that magic happen. So after the dough's risen for about an hour and it's nice and puffy, you cut it in four just so it's more manageable to work with instead of one big pile of dough and you roll it out thin you had to flour the, the board a little bit a little yeah, bit of flour okay. on the board um and roll uh roll it out and then um use i use a little rolling pastry cutter sort of like a pizza cutter oh, you know because yes. yep. uh-huh. then it just makes it easy to roll across the dough cut it in these little strips put it on a baking sheet bake it and how thin is thin uh it's about a quarter inch ish mm. and then yeah. they poof up you know and become round in the in the oven when they it bake. Is, is two cups uh, a pint full of long grissini sticks, or how it's much? It's actually twice that. It's a couple pint glasses oh, worth. Wow. So it's a it's a decent. It's like four or five dozen. So really, sticks. in forty minutes, you've got the best party snack, the salty snack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. again, special uh, customize it, and you can you know add flavors that you like, and it's super fun. You could even make a couple different types if you wanted for friends to sort of mix. Uh, they're with. fantastic. I mean, it's how simple, but so. I mean, sometimes simplicity is the most refined Striking. elegance. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And they are crispy and easy to eat, you know, let's say. And you could make a fun little dip so folks could be dipping it into some feta lemon spread or something mm-hmm. like that. Well, I'm know. glad we have wine in here because otherwise I would have to have some beer guy. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, looking at the uh, – this is the perfect um, winter party uh cookbook, but I don't want to call it a cookbook. It's almost like just a guide, an entertainment guide. Yeah, I, I like to think of it as a starting point. I'm, I'm Pretty much every recipe in there, or quite a lot of the recipes in there are you know, one example of dozens of things that you could do. You know, uh, The cracker recipes are easy to vary. The popcorn is mm. you know, one of you know, dozens of popcorns you could do. What was and that? And you can make your own, mm. well, I, I said well, you can make your own um, uh, Moroccan spice doll. Yeah, exactly. So go to the go to those bins at the grocery store and get a, a good olive to start with. I like the green ones. And then there's a lot of ways you can yeah. vary the flavors, make it spicy, use lemon, use cumin, any number of things. And it just within it, you have to be a little patient. So it takes a day or two for those flavors to really infuse. But it's a great way to customize, again, the sort of classic olive bar. Well, olive. I don't know who doesn't like uh, crunchy, salty, uh, yummy. And this is book is, is just exuding it with deviled bacon, salami chips, duck jerky, chicken bites. Uh, oh, oysters. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I kind of cheated on oysters because they're say. already, you know, nature's <laughs> perfect salty snack. And so what I did there is just embellish it with a nice little, um, I think I did a, uh, was it a grapefruit vermouth kind of vignette kind of thing or something. Oh, how yeah. fun. And you have another uh, dish here which looks so addictive. Those little uh, little kernels or 
little orbs of flavor. These are what, chickpeas? Chickpeas, right. So a simple can of chickpeas, drain it really well. Um, and this one uh, is smoked paprika. I put a little teeny bit of Aleppo pepper, which is one of the types of chili, dried chili peppers, and salt and olive oil. That's about it. Um, and in the book, I used sumac, which is a cool berry that's got a little bit of a citrusy flavor. You could use it's any, red berry, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it gets all dried, and um, you usually use it ground because it's kind of hard to... Um, you don't see the whole berries very often, I don't think. But uh, anyway, so you can season, again, these any number of ways. I love cumin and um, coriander. Ground cumin and coriander are yummy. And again, pretty quick. It Actually, I wouldn't say quick. It's super easy. It does take about an hour, I find, 45 minutes to an hour. But you're just... Do you have to dry them? They have to yeah. be nice and dry? Yeah. You want them to get, if you want them to get to the crispy right. stage... And you do. <laughs> yeah. I think they're better when they get a little crispy, and that doesn't happen super fast. Some people deep fry them. I prefer not to do that. I'd rather have them in the oven and just okay. have a little bit cleaner, lighter taste. And what there's just tossed in what oil? Olive oil, Olive oil. and whatever seasoning you like, okay. salt and pepper, yeah. Wow. So fun. Well, you are definitely um, going to be one of my regular correspondents. Can okay, we get good. you back in the I'm media? I'm totally coming back anytime. Awesome. You want. Cynthia Nims with her uh, one of her latest books, Salty Snacks, and check out her website, monappetit.com. And your mouth will be watering. I, I'm just embarrassed, but I'm, I got um, my mouth is watering. I'm drooling not only over <laughs> these great snacks, but also these Red Mountain wines. And uh, Red Mountain has come on strong. I think it was founded in 2001. Yes, it's right? got a debut. And uh, uh, well, let's say this. Tim and Kelly Hightower, welcome to Happy Hour. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, and Doug Long from Obelisco Estate, welcome to Happy Hour. Morning, Chris. Thanks. Um, so let's talk about uh, Tim and Kelly. You guys, um, who's making the wine? We are. We, we are. <laughs> we are jointly co-winemakers. So Excellent. all the winemaking decisions get made jointly. And so who's making the white? There is. <laughs> I thought she was doing it, and she thought I was oh. doing it. So we don't have one. It started out white, yeah. and then it got red real quick. We do have a rosé f- for the second time this year. Yeah. Uh, Murray rosé. I saw that. So uh, you started Hightower Cellars. You were what? What winery number six? Well, about a one hundred. Well, I'm. I'm sorry. On Red Mountain. Oh. oh. There was Hedges. There was Kiona. There was. Uh, Blackwood Canyon, yeah, Blackwood Canyon, <laughs> Seth Ryan, and Seth Terra Ryan, Blanca. Grandma Joe, and Terra Blanca, yeah. and Terra Blanca. So yeah, yeah. winery number six. Good job. Uh, yeah, pulled it out from the annals of. Uh, and that's know, once Washington. we that's once we moved there, but we started buying grapes there in 1997. 97. Uh, that was a great vintage, I think, because I'm a big proponent of these off vintage. But I don't know if Red Mountain ever has an off vintage. But for the rest of the, the state. I want it to be a little cooler, and of course, you get that great diurnal shift on Red Mountain. Mm-hmm, and the 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 soil there is uh, is it schist? Is it what's the soil types? Wait, I could ask Ben Smith that. And Ben Smith, well, we had Cadence on a while back, and he talked about he's got six or seven soil types up there in Red Mountain. Yeah, he's got a lot of gravel lenses in his his parcel, but there's a the soils on Red Mountain are for poor soils. Um, I mean, there's very little organic content to them. Uh, there are windblown losses. There's um, a lot of it came from the Lake Missoula floods that happened 15,000 years ago, and mm-hmm. these walls of water came across and bringing bits of granite and some other things. But the the importance of the the poor soils is that the the vines struggle some, and you end up with small berries that produce very concentrated, deeply colored, deeply flavored wines. And uh, the High Tower Cellars portfolio includes Cabernet, a Bordeaux-style blend. Uh, then you've got a Merlot. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a, an estate blend because we planted an estate vineyard in 2005 that we're just kind of going into now. With Now that we've it's got almost 10 years, 10 leaves on it. 
Um, <laughs> and then we also do uh, a, another uh, brand label called Murray. And uh, that was named after a dog. Yes. Washington yeah. well, Wines and their dogs. It was named after um, our close, our close friends, friends. Are named the Murrays, so we named our first lab after Murray as oh. well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Be, be, feel free to jump in on that mic and push him <laughs> away. <laughs> you're I want to hear from Kelly Hightower as well. There you go. Look at that. Co, uh, co-host yeah. now here yeah. on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs> well, uh, you poured me a glass of the 2010 Cabernet Sauvignon. That's what I have? That's correct. And right. uh, w- what... This is your estate vineyard? No, it's not all our estate vineyard. Okay. We, uh, we've been sourcing grapes from a number of other wineries on Red Mountain since we started um, in 97. And once we've got the estate vineyard going, we're still sourcing from other vineyards as well. So this is a blend of some estate, some non-estate. And it's all Red Mountain. It's Cab with some Merlot and Petit Verdot blended in. And uh, where did you learn to make wine or who did you practice with? Well, we started, Kelly and I met working at Columbia Winery. In uh, Woodenville, where David Lake, master of wine, was the winemaker. Ah. And so we weren't, neither one of us was uh, working in the cellar. We were working up in the office, but we would volunteer in the cellar because we really were, wanted to know about <laughs> the real end of the business. Because you were yeah. smart. That's the dirty end of the business, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. but we, one thing we learned from, from David is bit the, get the best grapes you can and don't screw them up. So that led us to Red Mountain because we thought those were the best grapes that we could mm-hmm. in Washington. And, well, it's and really exciting, and it's nice to know that uh, David Lake's legacy lives on. He touched many lives in Washington State, certainly left his imprint, um, and I'm sure he's smiling, uh, especially for the 2010 and 2011 vintages. We know David Lake's style was uh, he was more of the uh, European uh focus of great structure and acidity and that fruit would he wanted his wines to be great in 20 years where unfortunately um, I know a lot of times we've chased the scores and make it great now but uh, I believe Red Mountain has that balance tell me what your perspective is on Red Mountain yeah we, we, <laughs> a loaded we, question we, no <laughs> we believe that's true I mean it, it's uh, balance is the key for for us and I hopefully for everybody um, in making wines that are approachable they don't have to lay down for 10 or 20 years before they're before you can drink them but they hopefully will stand up that long and and red mountain wines will stand up that long um there there's just incredible concentration depth of flavor um so so that and that balance of the uh the the diurnal shift you mentioned gives us cool nights which preserves the acidity in wines and grapes which then if you carry that through to the wines and don't pick them when they're when all that acid's gone. And one thing that's so exciting to us about um, Washington State wine is we we do have this great food scene going on in Seattle, and we we think our beautiful Washington State wines can... um, match beautifully with the, the, the exciting food scene in, in Seattle. We are lucky to have great food and great wine here on Happy Hour Radio. Coming up on the show, i got Jim Clark and Doug Long, Obelisco Estates. So stay tuned to Happy Hour Radio. June 19th through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Woodenville Wine Country is Seattle's big backyard, and spring is the time to enjoy it. With over 100 wineries and tasting rooms, plus microbreweries, distilleries, and dining, Woodenville has a taste for everyone. Go to woodenvillewinecountry.com for details on events, tastings, releases, and more. 
Hi, this is Dennis Cakebread with Cakebread Sellers. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. The home of the great one, Mark Levin. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. The glass is always half full. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country, part of KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's the Commodore of Cocktails, Christopher Chan. Hey, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. I'm trying to think, what can I be? I can be the... Mm, the senior of salty snacks, you know. <laughs> no. The senior. The senior. Of- that's right. Uh, here with Cynthia Nims from Mon Appetit, Tim and Kelly Hightower of Hightower Cellars, and Doug Long of Obelisco Estates. And I have just been poured. Well, I've got two red wines in my glass. I've got the 2010 Cabernet Sauvignon from Red Mountain from Hightower Cellars, and the 2009 Red Blend. Is that what you're calling it, Tim? Yeah, this vintage, we've actually changed the name with the 2010 vintage, but it, this is our reserve wine. And this is our favorite six-barrel blend of all of our Red Mountain Bordeaux fruit. So it's a, it's, it's the Red Mountain 09 is Cab, a little, a little Merlot, and Petit Verdot. Mm. Well, these are both delicious wines. I, I've been very impressed with Red Mountain. If, you, if you're making quality wine from anywhere in the world and you move to Red Mountain, uh, you've got just so much more, what is it? You've got so much, you've got like aces in your deck or something. I mean, it's just really, uh, Doug, comment on that about Red Mountain fruit and Red Mountain's power and grace. Well, uh, sitting here thinking, I, I realized that I'm probably in this business 45 years. I, I started off in Napa Valley in 1970, and uh, this is my fourth winery. So <laughs> a little bit of perspective, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking back and I'm going, what makes Red Mountain different? Uh what I think is Red Mountain is very forgiving. And, and when I look at uh, problems we've had uh, the last few years in Napa with weather conditions and uh, what, we, what we're doing in Red Mountain, it, it's just a very forgiving climate. We get a lot of sunlight and obviously a lot of uh, heat and uh, great uh, cool nights for acidity. It's just a, a very forgiving, very uh, uh, lovely growing area. And uh, most people, you know, we talk about Red Mountain, but it's it's only what seventeen hundred feet. Well, we're the top of our vineyards are eight, eight that eight hundred, eight hundred feet. So we come down from eight to about uh, oh seven hundred. It's a slight slope. <laughs> and uh, I know that when I had Tom Hedges on here uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were chatting about the big news on Red Mountain and how that there's no more vineyard land available, right? It's all been, uh, they're turning into a hockey rink, right, or something like that? So <laughs> well, yeah, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's rapidly going to be planted out. And, uh, you know, if you think of some of the big issues uh, facing winemakers, it's going to be availability of fruit and availability of Red Mountain fruit. And it's going to be extremely tough. Uh, I see it, um, if you have it, uh, uh, if you don't own the property, uh, you're not growing your own grapes, then you better tie up long-term contracts. Hmm. It's going to be a real critical issue. Throwing down the gauntlet, and this is it, the future (laughs) of winemaking in Washington. Uh, Here with Tim and Kelly Hightower of Hightower Cellars and Doug Long of Obelisco Estates. Uh, And I'm going to have Cynthia Nims chime in when we get to some of uh, Doug's wines. Um, So Red Mountain, uh, you guys are throwing a big party, I heard. It's called Revelry on Red Mountain. That is May 24th, Friday, correct? Correct. All right. What's the the deal? Well, it's uh, a benefit for Auction of Washington Wines, which is eventually a children's hospital. Uh, Great... uh, 
great group to be uh, associated with and to benefit from the proceeds. But it's a, it's really a showcase of uh, Red Mountain Wines. It's a great venue. It's a Cole Solari. Mm. It's in the evening. Uh, hopefully the weather holds up. Uh, it's just a great, uh, spectacular night to be out and taste some really fantastic wines. And Tim and uh, Doug, you'll both be there. And Kelly, you're, you're as a pouring? Yes. Uh- yeah, wines will be there, definitely. And- <laughs> Tim's mom is actually going to be, uh, Jackie Hightower is going to be representing Hightower Sellers. Oh, very cool. We're traveling. Unfortunately, oh. unfortunately we'd love to be there. We, we're generally there. It's one thing we really want to go to. And I, I believe it's uh, Saturday, May 24th, not Friday. Oh, great, yes. And, and Saturday, Sunday, there's kind of a, t- uh, there's the, the revelry, the tasting, and some great food up there and views. There's also a vineyard walk um, that you can sign up for. And then there's some a few uh, winemaker d- dinners as well. So Revelry on Red Mountain, Saturday, May 24th, uh, out on Red Mountain. Um, at Col Solari, you're going to be able to taste the uh, Hightower Cellars wine and meet uh, the mom. <laughs> the mom. <laughs> yeah, and she, she has a vineyard there. And they're going to have some food, I take it? Yes. yes. Some salty be- snacks, maybe? <laughs> yeah. I believe Olive's um, c- restaurant out of Walla Walla is catering it as well. So oh. it should be delicious food. I take it Walla Walla is closer to Red Mountain than Seattle. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. Well, um, I will be in Las Vegas thinking about Red Mountain that weekend. So if uh, anyone out there is trying to rob my house, don't worry, I got a big dog. And yeah. <laughs> um, you can. Uh, you won't be able to find my Red Mountain wines because they are resting peacefully. Uh, the 2010 and 2011 are some of my favorite vintages throughout the state. And uh, I want to try Doug's wines. You, Doug, you brought two wines? I did. I brought it. A, a, they're both estate. Uh, one is an estate Malbec. It's a 2010. Uh, very different wine. Uh, uh, much more European than Argentinian. And then a uh, 2011, uh, our estate uh, Cabernet. Uh, this is 90% Cabernet, 2.5% Malbec, 7.5% Merlot. It's... In a way, our flagship, uh, it's uh, identical to uh, what we planted in the vineyard. So it was my idea from the from day one. Oh, of the type of that's wine. why it's the flagship. I like that. I like yep. the way you think. Yeah, so uh, vineyards planted out exactly uh, in proportion to what's in the Well, in let's the get bottle. Cynthia a little taste of that. And then, this is the flagship wine. This is the yep. 2011, uh, what do you call it? It's Electrum. Electrum. And uh, that goes back to sort of uh, obelisk. Uh, Ancient Egypt, uh, it's what they would coat the top of the obelisk with. It was a, an amalgamation of three metals, mm. gold, silver, and copper. I knew this was always going to be a blend of three different grape varietals. Very cool. Oh, so you can check out uh, Doug's wines and uh, perhaps some of his 45-year history, was it, 45? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, sitting here counting, I was going, oh, my, <laughs> what's happened to my life? Obelisco.com, and uh, you can find uh, all of Tim and Kelly Hightower's co-winemakers at HightowerSellers.com, a host of fantastic wines, uh, big reds, uh, and also a little rosé. Rosé is now uh, the de rigueur, right, uh, it's the it's the wine of it any time wine. It's yep. like champagne. It goes with anything, <laughs> everything. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. And uh, um, it's I'm a big fan of, of French rosés. Obviously, the La Sud de France, uh, the from Provence and X. When I was there in Cannes, uh, I was I not because I'm cheap, but because I wanted to taste what three euro rosé tasted like. 
And uh, heck, iced it down. <laughs> it's great, especially with some garlic and mussels and some frites and uh, maybe some uh, fried chickpeas and uh, grissini. A little salad niçoise down there, too. That'd be oh, great yeah. with some rosé, right? And uh, steak tartare. Mm. Yeah. Best well, steak tartare. We're just uh, releasing this next week uh, a unique Red Mountain uh, rosé. It's a 100% uh, a steak-grown Cabernet rosé. Uh, very uh, different wine. Probably, if I wasn't a grower, it would be wouldn't something that would be make uh, made, would make any financial sense. But uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's a wonderful wine. Uh, we only do about two hundred cases, but it's got uh, uh, some amazing density and viscosity that uh, wow only that Cabernet. Well, you're taking rosé to the next level. Mm-hmm. It sounds I, like to me. We're we're playing around with it. Uh, this is the second uh, vintage and having having some fun. Well, uh, you know, I just had the evaluation of the Seattle Wine Awards and the Oregon Wine Awards, and rosé was a huge category this year. So um, I'm excited about rosé because it is truly a wonderful beverage uh, most, well, about six, seven months out of the year now in Washington State. I mean, from spring, that sunny day we had, 85, was like, oh, my God, where's the rosé? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, the other wine you have is a Malbec, right? Uh, this is uh, where is this grape stock from? These vine stock. Well, this uh, comes from uh, Davis. So uh, it's uh, uh, rootstock that uh, we acquired uh, in California. It, uh, it is turning out to be uh, much more uh, French, much more through the Cahors region that uh, that I'm more familiar with uh, than Argentina. Even though I probably have been to Argentina five times and. Uh, spent all of February there. <laughs> I, oh. I, I'm finding out that that was uh, harvest. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. It's pre-harvest. Pre-harvest. We're, we're still two months away yeah, from okay. harvest, so just getting a feeling of what what's going on and thinking the wines would be more Argentinian in uh, in the flavor profile. But I find that they're really darker, more brooding. Uh, yeah. I'm tasting this wine, and you're right. It's definitely on the French side, uh, the, f- the French spectrum of flavors. <laughs> Darker black fruit versus that purple bright, uh, and also that some of that floral note you get out of the, the Malbec of Argentina. Well, I'm really excited to be here. I'm going to have Cynthia Nims chime in on what salty snacks go with these fantastic red wines here on Happy Hour Radio. Through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Woodenville Wine Country is Seattle's big backyard, and spring is the time to enjoy it. With over 100 wineries and tasting rooms, plus microbreweries, distilleries, and dining, Woodenville has a taste for everyone. Go to WoodenvilleWineCountry.com for details on events, tastings, releases, and more. Hi, this is Keith Robbins from Teeny Biggs and Hula Hula. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. He's live. He's here. Sean Hannity. Weekdays, noon to 3, only on Talk Radio 570 KVI. 
Grab a stool. You're listening to Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Woodenville Wine Country, part of KVI Want to Know Weekends. Here's Master Mixologist, Christopher Chan. Well, thank you. It sounds like we're doing the evening news here, and uh, we've got to get this guy in studio. We've got to loosen him up a little bit. We can talk about Happy Hour Radio, man. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm in studio with Cynthia Nims, uh, author of Salty Snacks and 13 other fantastic books. I've got uh, Kelly Hightower and her uh, very handsome husband, Tim, who are co-winemakers for Hightower Cellars on Red Mountain. And uh, I'm chatting with Doug Long of Opalisco Estate. Uh, Opalisco.com is another Red Mountain winery. And uh, we were here because uh, I wanted to taste some Red Mountain, but also talk about revelry on Red Mountain, uh, an auction of Washington wines benefit, part of the big program, The Umbrella, uh, and their new director, uh, Amy, and uh, Amy Sheridan, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. So uh, check out Revelry on Red Mountain. You can find tickets at uh, auctionofwashingtonwines.org. That's May 24th. So if you want to make some uh, Memorial Day plans, check out Red Mountain. And if, you get, if you're smart, you'll go uh, reserve a room at Desert Wind Winery's uh, property in Prosser. It's a cute place. Uh, they've got great, fantastic food and... Um, you know, it's a short drive. So, uh, as always, we are uh, professionals in here in studio, and I've got two glasses. That we have a big spit bucket, and I can tell it's almost full. It's crazy. <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, Cynthia Nim, so um, we're talking about salty snacks. Tell me what goes great with big red wine. Well, I think um, for big red wine, you probably want to lead towards snacks that have a little more maybe pronounced flavor, a little more savory character, um, maybe some richer herbs like rosemary, which you know has a really sort of deep piney character. I have a cracker that's rosemary um, with cornmeal, um, mm. and it's a really yummy, full-flavored cracker that's got a lot of character. And I, there's also some brown butter in there, too. So ah. so I think that would be great with the red wines. Um, hey, when it comes to butter, do you use salted butter or unsalted? I usually, I pretty much exclusively cook with unsalted and yeah. then deal with salting, because you want to have more control over the seasoning later. Yeah. So I always start unsalted and go from there. Yes, we stay in control and happy, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about control. <laughs> um, blue cheese straws would be awesome, because ah. obviously that bold flavor of blue cheese is incomparable with uh, good red wines. And you are I, definitely coming back. I mean, <laughs> you're going to be my resident chef. And um, and on the nuts, I love toasted nuts, and they are, some again, some of the quickest and easiest to do. I did throw together this wacky um, sort of mole-style mixed oh, nut. Oh, yeah. So it's got cocoa powder. It's got Chocolate. cayenne, garlic, um, sesame seeds. So you've got that real savory, earthy, chocolatey flavor that I think would be really quite nice with a red wine and as well. And these are big red wines, Doug. And uh, who's making the wine over there? Obelisco. Well, here's the way it works. Um, I grow the grapes. Well, first of all, we do reds in Red Mountain. We do uh, our whites. Columbia Valley. And uh, over in Woodenville. Okay. So we, we've got a small little winery there we, in Woodenville where we do the Riesling. We're doing the Rosé there, the uh, Chardonnay, and then we're playing around with a uh, oh, Rhone varietal, uh, Syrah, Moved, and uh, Grenache. Dabbling, are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sort of like uh, 
our little kid with a chemistry set type thing. <laughs> you know, we, it's it, not Breaking it, Bad, though. No, no, <laughs> not yet. Uh, but uh, you know, we're we're small production. We uh, over in Woodenville, we just you know limit it to usually tasting room wines, experimental things that we want to want to play with. Over on Red Mountain, you're experimenting uh, on the public. Yeah. Oh man, this yeah. is a, this is an underground lab you've got. It is. It is. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you, you know, doing for two hundred cases, it's you know, it's, you know it's, if, it, if it's really not something we like, we'll oh yeah, find a home for it somewhere. It's a, it's a test kitchen, <laughs> right? Yeah. Sure, everybody yeah. needs one, yeah. right? And Tim, uh, do you have a tasting room somewhere abouts? Yeah, we have a tasting room on Red Mountain. So okay. We, we, uh, the vineyard and the winery are right there up on the mountain with the beautiful views. And, and what exit do we take? Exit 96. 96. Take that right. It's the Benton City and exit. And then go over the bridge. No, do not go over the no, bridge. No, no, no. <laughs> See? Okay. Don't go over the bridge. Yeah. That's you take, right. Take the exit, and if you're coming from Seattle, you, you exit to the right, make an immediate left. Don't go over the bridge. Take... All right. Everything's available, uh, directions, et cetera, uh, at HightowerSellers.com. And, of course, you can find these big red wines in their glass currently at Obelisco.com. Uh, save the date. It's May 24th. If you want to check out some super fun Col Solari, Vineyard Walks, big red wines, and I'm sure some very uh, f- delicious, flavorful full-bodied snacks. Do we say full-bodied snacks? Sure. I'm all over that, yeah. <laughs> um, so fun to have you each here uh, and on Red Revelry and Red Mountains, what I was trying to get at. That's where right. we want to go. Uh, May 24th. Tickets at auctions, auctionofwashingtonwines.org. Um, a pleasure to have you each in studio. Hope you had fun. Definitely. Happy hour is fun, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. good. Sure. Well, Food and wine. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah it's, it is so much fun, especially when we've got... Uh, Two ladies in the house, Kelly and Cynthia, <laughs> and two gentlemen, Tim and Doug. Hey, coming up next week on the show, I've got my Italian friend Marco D'Ambrosio with D'Ambrosio Gelato, Spirits Ambassador Rocky Ye, and uh, Lenny Reddy from Wine, uh, Esquin Wine and Spirits. Hey, don't forget the Walla Walla Wine Spectacular, June 19th to 21st. And remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. June 19th through 21st, the world is converging on Walla Walla. The world of Syrah, that is. Celebrate Walla Walla Valley Wine, the world of Syrah, with winemaker panels, tastings, dining, and more. Compare Syrah wines from Casa Robles and Sonoma, California, Yara Valley, Australia, and over 60 Walla Walla wineries. Get tickets at wallawallawine.com slash celebrate. Don't wait. Space is limited, and it's filling up fast. That's wallawallawine.com slash celebrate.